of children, of people across the world. It's really time for women to step up and men such as yourselves mm-hmm. to step up and speak out for peace. I guess that's it for us. Thanks for tuning in. We'll hear you next week. A box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's that Hand off his box A box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe That means I have Half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. Good evening. This is a show about food. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. Hi, this is Mike, and this is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about food every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. on WCBN. And sometimes you get a little far afield with food as a concept, like food as like a feeling, and like food as like who you are and like stuff. But today we're going to talk about condiments. Just get right back down to the nitty-gritty and the littlest little packages we could possibly find to put the condiments in. And let's get started with the finest, the greatest, Chibomatu, Chibomato, pronounced correctly, Chibomato, and this is Sci-Fi Wasabi. Biologically, let your sister know what's up. 
Here comes your twin papa. Nuka hundred knows the water. Pentabobic. No wonder her fingers are smooth like butter. It's specific. No mind shopping. Chibomato 1999. I'm Miko Hattori. Straight out of purgatory. I, I, alright. I'm passing on your right. Hey, don't be snobby with me. No, Ayoli. Surely no Moby. Obi-Wan Kenobi told me in the lobby. Technically, I'm free and I can find a key. That's Chibo Mato and Sci-Fi Wasabi, which we all pretty much need at one time or another. And the lyrics are pretty priceless. I mean, these, this is something you could put on your tombstone. I'm going to put it on mine. Obi-Wan Kenobi told me in the lobby, technically I'm free and I can find the key. So, there it all is, and wasabi is a condiment, and that's what we're talking about today is condiments. Now, uh, you may have noticed in the middle of the song I tried to protect you from a very bad word that appeared in the song. Some words are just bad, and you shouldn't hear them or think about them. I, it was kind of a clumsy thing. I think I got a little bit of ketchup in the works here, trying to get the bad word out. But we're here about protecting your values and my values. That's pretty much what WCBN is all about. And if we can protect you from... Hey, hey, you, get away from that marriage. Get your hands off that marriage. Okay, there, I've just protected the, the institution of marriage. So I'm killing a lot of birds with one stone right now. And uh, now on to the, uh, the latest news about ketchup ketchup okay we're going to go to mustard later and maybe a little bit of mole sauce but first of all ketchup this is a news item from newszap.com from mike burnett is the writer of this at the time it seemed like a minor run-of-the-mill but perfectly logical change of cafeteria policy how could anyone have guessed that the decision at basha high school at 5990 south val vista drive to change students charge students for ketchup packets and ban them from bringing in their own bottles of the stuff would quickly turn into a national news story, strange but true column fodder and the target of satirical jabs on the Internet. But it did, and headline writers from Boston to California and from Oregon to Florida had a field day with the item. No ketchup for you. Students get saucy over cost of ketchup. High school charges kids $68 a gallon for ketchup. Battle brewing over ketchup rights in Arizona school. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's a really good idea to charge people to have their... I mean, contraband ketchup, that's something that isn't generally written into high school laws, but nevertheless... How about, how about uh, look-alike ketchup? What if students bring in look-alike ketchup? Is that illegal? I remember that some students got in trouble in an old high school I went to, an old high school, where they brought in some look-alike drugs, and, you know, a lot of schools are against that. But look-alike ketchup... We'll have to talk about recipes for look-alike ketchup, as a matter of fact, including stuff you don't have to actually eat, because that could be a plus. 
Meanwhile, speaking of which, Heinz has announced today, in fact, that it's going to cut 2,700 jobs. Heinz will cut 2,700 jobs and exit 15 plants as part of a plan to cut costs and boost profit. The company has faced pressure from billionaire investor Nelson Peltz, and I don't know if he's wearing any pelts, but his name is Nelson Peltz, or if he's pelting them with ketchup, I don't know, to increase shareholder returns. It recently rejected a cost-cutting proposal for, by Peltz and his Tryon Group. That is H.J. Hines Company with the 57 varieties and 15 fewer plants and 2,700 fewer workers if they do what they plan to do. And I guess there's something to do cosmically with the connection of high schools and banning ketchup packets. I mean, that ketchup itself is evil, even though it is a vegetable and it has natural mellowing agents. I think it's these things we just have to think about for as, as short periods of time as possible. In the meantime, let's get Gomer Pyle in on the issue. What do you put ketchup on? What do you put mustard on? Yeah. Went walking down the street one day, said, Hey there, my lady, you sure look good to me, and I'd like to make you my baby. She said, Swell, and I felt good, I thought I'd hug the keeper. But the price of eggs went up that day, and I ain't never got no cheaper. She was a T-bone talking woman, but she had a hot dog heart, heart, heart. A T-bone talking woman, but she had a hot dog heart. Well, diamonds look like light, the star looks like the planet, and the heart of gold is about the same as the heart that's made of granite. And you can't tell a queen these days from some old high-class Lucy. Mr. Jim Neighbors as Gomer Pyle. I believe that's his only album recorded as Gomer Pyle, and I wish there were a lot more. I wish the Longines Symphonette Company would offer a lot of Gomer Pyle albums. Nonetheless, I think that's the only one, and that was Hot Dog Heart. Talking about condiments today on Pandora's Lunchbox. By the way, coming up in 20 minutes, it's Face the Music with Arwolf. In the meantime, here's a headline from 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 ibnlive.com. Here's your bombs. Want ketchup? Does this sound familiar? Workers at a British factory making French fries were evacuated two days running last week after bomb parts turned up in potatoes imported from France and Belgium, the site of battles in World War I and II. The Scarborough plant is owned by Canada's McCain Foods, the world's largest producer of frozen fries. That's something to remember. Who is the world's largest producer of frozen fries? Mm. The plant was emptied on Friday after a worker spotted a shell tip among the potatoes as they were being cleaned for slicing. 
The police were called in. The bomb squad advised a 100-meter exclusion zone should be set up, said a McCain spokesman. On Saturday, an entire hand grenade was discovered in the potatoes, and the plant in northern England was evacuated again. The army took the device away and blew it up in a controlled explosion in a field nearby, a spokeswoman for the North Yorkshire Police said. Wow. The Scarborough plant was opened in 1969 and uses 1,400 tons of potatoes every week. Production is back to normal. McCain's Whittlesea plant near Peterborough in eastern England has also been evacuated several times this year after World War II ordnance was found in batches of potatoes. Occasionally, during the use of imported potatoes from Belgium and northern France, ordnance debris from the First and Second World War is found. McCain said in a statement. And carbs have been considered a big problem, nonetheless. Wow.、Uh, but something else about ketchup. I don't know how we got from. Oh yeah, ketchup. Ketchup. That's right. That's the the whole point. Ketchup.、Uh, what is the origin of ketchup? What is the name of ketchup? It's okay. It's a common ingredient in barbecue sauce. It's on French fries. It's hot dogs. It originated in East and Southeast Asia as a brine of pickled fish called ketchup in Cantonese. And I hope that I'm pronouncing that correctly. Forgive me if I'm not. Ketchup. And ketchup in Malay, the the language Malay. So this is extremely interesting stuff. And in the meantime, we need to put on a little bit of music to do with chicken. I don't know why, but we should probably just get that on right away. Here we go. Listening to a song that is wait. Here we go. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Interrupt. Didn't mean to interrupt.、Ugh. I got a chicken in my mouth. Sorry. This is temporary chicken by Telex. 
These guys also do a song called Peanuts, but this one's called Temporary Chicken, and it's all pretty important. One way or the other. I've got a chicken and a potato and an ordinance from World War One in my mouth, and it's just hard to speak right now. I'm going to go blow it up just a second. Temporary chicken. Temporary chicken. Okay, I think we got the general idea. That is Telex and Temporary Chicken. Now on to mustard. Mustard vies with pepper as the world's most important spice. It says here on foodmuseum.com, the mustard plant bears its tiny seeds in a pod, much like beans or peas. The gray-green plants grow as tall as 10 feet. Their bright yellow flowers dazzling in large fields given over to mustard. No one knows the origin of mustard, a plant spread by birds and wind across the northern hemisphere. It was cultivated early on, found in Stone Age settlements, and was the primary source known to Europeans before the Asian spice trade heated up. Ancient people from India to Egypt to Rome munched mustard seeds with meat for instant seasonings. The Romans most likely developed the prepared mustards we know today. They mixed grape juice, known as must, with ground seeds to form mustum ardens, or burning must. By the way, mustard power powder, mustard powder alone has no sting. I didn't know that. If you add liquid, it surges to life. From Roman times, France has been a mustard power. Now that's a power. The city of Dijon has been its center since the 1200s. We, of course, know about Dijon mustard. And in fact, right now, looking up on Weather Underground, right now in Dijon, France, the temperature is 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 20 degrees Celsius. And in the weather forecast for Dijon, scattered clouds tomorrow, high of 28 degrees Celsius, 14 Celsius for low. Scattered clouds on Saturday, chance of rain 30% on Sunday, 20% on Monday, and 20% chance of precipitation on Tuesday. That's the weather for Dijon, France. And you can look all that up at Weather underground.com whether you feel it's relevant to anything or not but speaking of mustard and michigan this is very important the forest service is attacking garlic mustard this is from the ap yesterday what's the biggest threat to the hiawatha national forest in the up according to the forest service it's the garlic mustard plant which is gobbling up space that was once occupied by hardwood trees and natural wildflowers. The Forest Service and the Nature Conservancy have sent out crews to begin pulling out the invasive species at Five Mile Point near Christmas, Michigan. If we don't keep on it, what will happen is it will further invade into these northern hardwoods, and it's very likely in 10 to 20 years to see, it's very likely in 10 to 20 years you will see nothing but garlic mustard, where in the past you may have seen trillium. And I've seen a whole lot of trillium. If I close my eyes really hard, I can see a lot of trillium. Nonetheless, even as they pull it, officials are worried because garlic mustard seeds spread so easily. Officials believe the plant arrived here in the UP because of its use by some residents as an herb. They need help in pulling the plant. Volunteers are urged to call the U.S. Forest Service in Munising, Michigan, to pull garlic mustard from the UP. Temporary chicken, anybody? I'm sorry, this is Spike Jones. Spike Jones is making a comeback on his own record self title. Okay, that's Telex again, nevertheless. Uh, now, an answer record to Hot Dog Heart by Gomer Pyle complaining about his lady, or his girl, as he put it. I think we got an answer from that from Wanda Jackson. Fine. 
But he takes me for granted All of the time to teach him a lesson Make him mad I went out on a date With the best friend he had That made him mad, boy Hot dog, that made him mad And he hugged me and he kissed me And he asked me not to do it again Oh, late last night When I came in, he demanded to know just where I'd been, but I'd really put him right in his place. Instead of an answer, I laughed in his face. That made him mad, boy. Hot dog, that made him mad. So he hugged me and he kissed me and he asked me not to do it again. Wanda Jackson and Hot Dog That Made Him Mad. That's an answer record to Hot Dog Heart by Gomer Pyle, who plays the role of Gomer Pyle on the Gomer Pyle Show, who we just heard earlier. Pandora's Lunchbox continues now, and we need to take a moment now to look back 25 years. We're coming up on the 25th anniversary of the time that Ronald Reagan declared ketchup a vegetable. Just take a moment and think about how our lives have changed since that day. You know, our lives were never the same since Ronald Reagan declared ketchup a vegetable. Now, I'm going here to the Straight Dope website with no information whatsoever on it, so I trust it implicitly. The phrase, ketchup is a vegetable, is coming up in a lot of discussions of President Reagan's recent demise. This is written in 2004. So says uh, respondent to the website. And here's what he says. Here, here it is. Here, here, here we go. Here we go. This, here it comes. Ketchup and other food products are classified for different purposes by different agencies under a wide variety of federal programs. The classification in this case was by the U.S. Department of Agriculture for its subsidized school lunch program. Then, as now, local school districts could receive reimbursement for each lunch served, provided it met minimum standards. In the middle of 1981, only a few months after Reagan took office, that is right about 25 years ago, wow, Congress cut $1 billion from child nutrition funding, oh boy, and gave the USDA 90 days to come up with new standards that would enable school districts to economize, in theory, without compromising nutrition. 
the USDA convened a panel of nutritionists and food service directors to ponder what to do. One option on the table, no one later would admit to putting it there, was to accept catsup, I love the spelling here, catsup as a fruit slash vegetable when used as an ingredient. Now, actually, a lot of talk has been about ketchup as a vegetable, but as a fruit? I hadn't thought of that, because actually, you know, tomatoes are actually fruits, even though we think of them as vegetables, so really ketchup could be a fruit. Some panel members seized on this as an opportunity to discuss whether to count ketchup even if used as a condiment. From what the writer here can tell, the motive wasn't so much penuriousness, oh boy, I'm going above my head, as trying to face facts about what kids would actually eat. USDA standards at the time required that a reimbursable lunch consist of five items, meat, milk, bread, and two servings of fruit or vegetables. Many kids refused to eat the veggies, and the stuff wound up as plate waste. Would-be realists on the panel reasoned that if they could count ketchup as a vegetable, they could meet federal standards without having to throw away so many lima beans, thereby saving money while having no impact on the kids. And isn't it important? Whatever we do, we've got to have no impact on the kids. Okay. I'm reading this very selectively, so this is not the straight dope straight. It's the crooked straight dope. Mid-level Reaganauts at the USDA saw all this as a matter of giving the states more latitude. Wiser heads might have realized that the rest of the world would see it as taking food away from children. Unfortunately for Reagan, the 90-day deadline allowed no time for higher review. When the proposed new rules were released for commitment, come on, come on, come on, come on, I feel like Gomer Pyle now, released for comment in September 1981, food activists went ballistic. Democratic politicians staged photo ops where they feasted on skimpy-looking meals that conformed to the new standards. The mortified administration withdrew the proposal, and the USDA official in charge of the program was transferred, a move widely interpreted as a firing. One person who didn't come out of the mess with ketchup on his face was Jimmy Carter, who had had nothing to do with it. On and on it goes. It's all—it's actually something that's probably worth writing a couple of books about, but not books that I would necessarily read. Nonetheless, it is the 25th anniversary this year of the classification by the USDA of ketchup as a vegetable. Now, we've been talking about condiments for the last half hour, and I appreciate you indulging me being allowed to do that, but I'd like to thank you for listening. Coming up in just a moment, Arwolf will help us to face the music. But first of all, we know of the periodic table, yes, the list of metals and other thingies. I'm very scientific on this right now. But I've just it's just been brought to my attention that there is on the web not just a periodic table, but a table of condiments that periodically go bad. This is at backtable.org, and you're better off just typing in a search engine, table of condiments that periodically go bad. And let me see if I have any uh, music here that would be appropriate to read off some of these condiments. Here we go. Mean Mr. Mustard by the Beatles. Mustard is also a vegetable, a fruit. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, a table of condiments that periodically go bad. Includes mayonnaise, that's M-Y is the symbol for mayonnaise. Goes bad in three months. 
Hollandaise, H, that's a pretty fundamental item, goes bad in one day. Some items, however, take much longer to go bad. Peanut sauce goes bad in eight months. Honey in eight months. Chocolate syrup, six to eight months. Duck sauce, four to five months. Maraschino, information not available. Also on the list, horseradish, six to eight months. Olive oil, symbol O. Jalapeno, six months. Symbol is J-N-Y. These are official information about condiments on the table of condiments that periodically go bad. And this is provided by the Foundation for Neocognitive Ontological Research and Development, F-N-O-R-D. You can find this on the web. And we really don't have time to discuss it in depth now, but really, we're all better off for it. But we're going to go out here now with a tune by Lila Downs. My parents brought this to my attention, and I want to thank them for doing that. It's about mole, one of the finest condiments you could find. This is La Cumbia del Mole. You're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thanks for listening to Pandora's Lunchbox. Stay tuned for Face the Music. Yo, ya me voy A morir a los desiertos Me voy de elegido Y es Quickly now, here's the correct cut. Real quick, here we go. Here we go. They say in Oaxaca, you drink coffee with mezcal. They say in Oaxaca, you drink coffee with mezcal. Urban smoke are plenty to chase away the lies. Urban smoke are plenty to chase away the lies. I like to try the molly at Soledad con surprise. I like to try the molly.
chocolate. Te pedimos a 